Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, Bully Ray and I get all into AEW and NXT from last night like we always do on a Thursday show. Also, we get into backlash taking place on Sunday. Bobby Lashley, will he be your new WWE champion? We get into reasons why we think he should be your next champion. Also, we have two amazing interviews. Tommy Lee, legendary drummer, joins us, and my celebrity crush... Tony Katane, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. A lot to talk about from last night with AEW and NXT. And, of course, a big NXT coming off of In Your House Takeover that we saw last weekend. And then AEW keeps rolling closer to Fighter Fest. So... As always, you know, a lot of times on a Tuesday morning, we're talking about that Monday night's a little bit of a chore with their three hours, but you know what? We have no problem digesting two shows, two hours each. So I thought another good Wednesday night last night, Bully. I did also. Uh, I I liked both shows. Um, I definitely have some issues with a couple of things that I'm seeing, and it's becoming a, um, a big a bigger problem in my eyes. I'm not quite sure how it's, I hope it's not affecting the fans um, enjoyment of the shows, but the referee situation is really becoming a big deal. Um, JR is having to cover his own ass for the referee situation. And I want, we're going to get into a bunch of that. And I know on Thursdays it's, you know, balls to the wall, pedal to the metal with AEW and NXT got a lot to cover because we do have Tommy Lee coming up at 11. I, I want to get into something else first, Dave. Sure. I go wanna, ahead. Cause I've been thinking about this and it's kind of been the, the whole Bobby Lashley thing from Monday has been, I, I don't know. It's just been sitting with me odd. Like why make Bobby Lashley look so ineffective? Why make Bobby Lashley look so ineffective? So I want to, I, I, I want to touch on this. Okay. With everything that's going on in the world today, and because Bobby Lashley is a very deserving talent, 
Do you think it's the right time to pull the trigger and put the World Heavyweight Championship on Bobby Lashley? I mean, why not? He's in he's in the main event with, you know, main event scene with Drew McIntyre. If there was ever a time to do it, why not now? Um, I mean, the, on the other side of it, you know, Drew McIntyre just won this championship at WrestleMania 36. I think they have high hopes for Drew McIntyre. But as you always say, Bully, when is the babyface at its best when they show a little vulnerability and you have a little sympathy on the baby face you could accomplish both by putting the championship on Bobby Lashley uh, I I really do think that this is a good time for it um, I don't I don't like to think that because of what's going on in the world today, we feel necessary to put the championship on an African-American athlete. But I believe Bobby Lashley is well deserving of that and they can make it work. This whole pandemic situation has been unfortunate for Drew. Vince had high hopes for Drew. Drew's doing a great job and Drew can continue to do a great job when the crowds are back. I think job number one with Drew is to get a that World Heavyweight Championship back on him when there are crowds back allowed in the house. That's when we'll get the full, that's when we'll finally find out if Drew is truly over with the fan base and how much they're willing to pay Drew defend. But I think right now, because of the situation that's going on, I'm leaning towards Bobby Lashley becoming the new world heavyweight champion. I'm not saying that he has to pin Drew clean in the middle. There can be some chicanery. We can get some interference by MVP, blah, blah, blah. But I think Bobby Lashley holding that championship um, is a good look for the WWE because Bobby Lashley would be your world heavyweight champion. Apollo Crews would be your United States champion. And the New Day would be your tag team champions. I don't know. I just wanted to get that off my chest and talk to you about it this morning. Well, there's a, I mean, Bully, you're with what you just said. There's a lot. There's a lot of what you just said. First of all, I do think in the WWE, especially because I can't say it about the other organizations because I don't, I don't know if it's 100% true, but it is true with the WWE. They really have had a lack of, you know, of a minority presence when it comes to a lot of their championships, especially with African Americans. We just haven't seen it. In the WWE, Kofi Kingston was a champion, but that was really just a short period of time. And it was to get that championship on Brock Lesnar. Another thing is, I truly believe that Bobby Lashley deserves to be a champion. We thought we were going to see that when he came over to the WWE, because where did Bobby Lashley come from? He came from Impact Wrestling. What was Bobby Lashley at Impact Wrestling? A world champion and doing the best work, I feel, of his entire career. The WWE got him over there for what reason? I still don't know why, but now he's in the main event picture. And I'm just afraid that if he just loses to Drew McIntyre on a pay-per-view, that, you know what, like... Then he just lost his opportunity of being a main eventer, and then he's back down the the bottom rung of the ladder, and he's going to have to work his way back up again. To me, Bobby Lashley is a main eventer, and I feel like he deserves that championship. And then you threw something else up there on there, which is I don't want to just glance over, and it's something that Eric Bischoff mentioned. And he talked about that it's very, very difficult. And he said this on our show on, on Tuesday, Bully. He says it's imp- not difficult, impossible for him to watch pro wrestling right now with the lack of crowds. 
after he said that, it really got me thinking. And I called a lot of my friends after that show that I know are wrestling fans. And they kind of agreed with Eric Bischoff. There's a lot of people, and I think the ratings kind of show it too, Bully. There's a lot of people not watching pro wrestling right now because they lose something without there being crowds. I, 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 I understand it. It doesn't make me stop watching it. But I think a lot of those special moments that we could have gotten with Drew McIntyre were lost because there were no crowds in attendance. I thoroughly agree. And I have a lot of close friends who are, I would call, you know, average fair weather fans that kind of watch because there's nothing else to do. And because they know I'm involved with the show and the business and they'll call me up and they'll be like, man, it's just not, it's just not the same without the crowds there, blah, blah, blah. And then I try to explain to them why the crowds aren't needed and it's a TV product, yada, yada, yada. But they don't care. They don't care that it's a TV product. They want to watch the show and be entertained and they want the crowds to be there. So yeah, I do think that has affected the Drew run. I think we can put the Drew run on the back burner and get and get back to it. There's no reason why we can't. I know why they had to pull the trigger when they did, but wrestling is a very situational uh, form of entertainment at times. And I think this situation calls for it. And I don't want to say that it calls for it just for because of the color of Bobby's skin. That that's not the reason. Although with what's going on in the world, it works perfectly. Bobby is a deserving athlete. Bobby, I believe, would do a good job as a champion. And I think it would be good for the WWE, as you said, with the diversity, to have three of their major world champions be African-American. That's it. That's my whole take. No, and, and Bully, I think it's a great take. And, you, you know, obviously there's going to be, if they, let's just say they put the championship on Bobby Lashley. There's going to be a lot of people that are saying, well, they're, they're just doing it because of what's going on with the world right now. Well, you know what? Okay. You know, like uh, you're hoping that with everything that's going on, that it, it does promote change in our society. So if, if that's what it takes for, you know, the WWE to, to finally open up their eyes and say, hey, you know what? We have to do do better. We have to do things differently. We had Ron Funches on, on on the show as well on Tuesday, and he talked about a lot of the you know the racial stereotypes in pro wrestling. Hey, you know what? Sometimes it takes something like this for people to finally realize that there needs to be change. Maybe this is their way for the WWE to make some changes as well. And again, the bottom line is Bobby Lashley deserves it. And again, it doesn't hurt Drew McIntyre at all. They're not building Drew McIntyre like a Brock Lesnar, like this unbeatable beast. You know, they're, they're, this is your babyface champion that you're hoping could be the face of your show, the face of your franchise. I Listen, and like what you said, I don't think it's any fault of Drew McIntyre. It's the circumstances right now, you know, with no crowds. It, it hasn't really clicked, I think, the way that the WWE wanted it to just because of the circumstances surrounding it. So why not now, you know, put the championship on your heel champion, build up Bobby Lashley to be like a Brock Lesnar, to be this unbeatable beast, because they certainly haven't done that the last few weeks on WWE TV. I I just don't know if I want to throw the word heel champion in there. I know he's kind of the heel. I get it. But circumstances dictate that you want your African-American world heavyweight champion, especially during these times, to be a strong athlete, a strong competitor, a credible uh, uh, wrestler. 
not necessarily a, a heel African-American guy. I don't, I don't so, think okay. that's, I don't think right, that's I, the right look. Now, does that mean that MVP can't trip Drew up and Bobby, you know, and Bobby were to win or something like that? I just think the shot of Bobby Lashley holding the world heavy, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship over his head is good business. You know what? And you could, that would be a wonderful story. Like him breaking away from MVP because we've talked, MVP is fantastic on the microphone, but you know what? Bobby Lashley's not bad on the microphone. They just haven't really given him an opportunity to shine on the microphone. And for those who didn't watch Impact Wrestling, you know, if you did watch it, you know how good Bobby Lashley is in the ring and on the microphone. You could do something like that. And I think, you know what? I, I, I stand corrected. I think Bobby Lashley could just be a great champion and, and also be a good representative for the WWE. You just mentioned the backlash that, that WWE may get if they ever pulled the trigger on Bobby at the next pay-per-view, where people would be saying, oh, the only reason they did this was because of what's going on in the world, and WWE are just trying to get themselves over by putting their World Heavyweight Championship on a black man. But conversely, if they don't do it, 50% of the fan base will go, look at the WWE once again passing by on an opportunity to put the World Heavyweight Championship on a black man. Like, you you can hear both arguments, correct? Yeah, I mean, yes, but 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 again, like you would hope things promote change to me. I'm going to look at it and I'm going to look at it in a positive way. I'm going to look at this as a wake up call for the WWE. They realize they have to make changes within their company. And what better way than saying, you, you know what? Bobby Lashley's our guy. Of course, there's going to be backlash for it. There's always going to be that way that you you can't change people's perception. And maybe there is some truth to that perception. But you know what? There needs to be a change why not start with that world championship when you put bobby lashley and drew mcintyre side by side and look at them as men when you look at their statures where you look at their ability in the ring where you look at their talents when you compare those guys apples to apples what's the difference between the two of them uh, I would say that Bobby Lashley has that MMA background. He's he is a true badass. I'm not saying that Drew McIntyre is, but I, I think I look at Bobby Lashley. He's the more credible athlete. He's like a Brock Lesnar with that with that credible athleticism. So there's no reason why they could not pull the trigger based on the athleticism, the performer, the wrestler, the entertainer, yada yada yada. Yes, and and I don't think I don't think Drew McIntyre loses anything by losing to Bobby La like Bobby Not Lashley. Bobby Lashley has a lot to lose. If this is just a pay-per-view championship win for Drew McIntyre and he moves on, this could be devastating to Bobby Lashley because you got to look at the whole storyline with Lana and Rusev and him trying to break away from that. If he loses that backlash and there really is nothing that comes out of it, it could be devastating for your perception of Bobby Lashley. Drew McIntyre loses, he loses nothing. Now you're going to be even more behind Drew McIntyre because you're going to want him to get that opportunity again again you could have said it could be devastating for Bobby Lashley I got to tell you I was devastated on Monday night because I, I can't get that visual I was talking to I was talking to Snake from Skid Row and he was like dude what did they do with Bobby Lashley the other night and I'm like brother I talked about it on the show like to have Bobby Lashley just standing there 
like like a greenhorn not knowing what to do to Drew McIntyre. I don't care how they went off the air with the they went off the air what last week with Bob, with, with uh this week with Bobby having one of the uh the Viking Raiders in a in in a full Nelson. Bobby Lashley this week should have had so much confidence in himself because of how they went off the air the week before. Bobby knows he could put Drew McIntyre in the full Nelson. Bobby knows that he's got Drew's number, but then this week he comes out and he's the most ineffective badass I've ever seen. And this is a guy that knows this is an MMA artist. This He had a damn good record in Bellator. I think more than anyone on that roster that probably uh, Bobby Lashley would know what to do in that type of a situation. He would have instinctually double-legged Drew the minute Drew hit the Glasgow kiss on MVP. All right, listen, we've, I, I, I'm glad that we talked about it. If I got the pencil in my hand, I'm putting the World Heavyweight Championship on Bobby. Bobby Lashley at the next pay-per-view. Boom. All right. All right. Let me ask you this really quick before we move on and break and get into AEW and NXT. You said that you would love to see it happen. You think it's the right thing to do as well. So do you think on at Backlash on Sunday, because this is the last time you're going to be on before Backlash on, on Sunday, Bully, do you think it does happen? I, I have to think outside of the creative of WWE right now. WWE is a worldwide entertainment conglomerate. They have shareholders, and, and Vince always wants to look good in the public eye. Um, if I'm just looking at it from a creative point of view, I'm going to say, no, it might not be the exact right time for it. But when I look at everything that's going on in the world and the perception and what we can do with Bobby and what we can make Bobby into, I'm like, man, this is the perfect opportunity, especially if you break him away from MVP for a second, because I don't want to see Bobby Lashley be a heel world champion. I don't. Not right now. It's not the right time for that. I want to feel good about Bobby Lashley being my world heavyweight champion. I want to feel good that that African-American man won that world heavyweight championship. I want nothing but good feelings about it. I want to go, yes, Bobby. Yes, WWE. Right call. Good job. I don't want to be like, eh, well, you know, MVP interfered, blah, blah, blah. And Bobby Lashley beating Drew hurts nobody. I know. Anybody can beat anybody on every given day, especially when they are exactly the same. That's why I asked you across the board. They're the same athletes. Yeah, Drew might be a little taller, but Bobby's a legit shoot fighter who can dump Drew McIntyre on his freaking head. Yeah. Plus, the other thing, too, race aside, bully, WWE on Monday Night Raw has to build stars. They have no stars on that show. If Bobby Lashley loses on Sunday, how are you perceiving Bobby Lashley, especially coming off the heels of what you saw this past Monday? But if Bobby Lashley wins and becomes champion, then you have two legit superstars coming out of that match. They 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 really are lacking star power on that show. More than probably more than any other wrestling show throughout the week, the the show that lacks more star power than any other is Monday Night Raw. 
if you, and if you start off backlash with MVP tell you know in the back with Lashley saying, "Don't worry, I got your back. We're going to get this guy. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." You know, when, when he least expects it, I'm going to get him back for that Glasgow kiss. And Bobby just says, "You know what, man? No, I'm going out there for myself." Because I want to win this championship on my own. I don't need anybody. I don't want to know anybody. You just, you know, MVP, I appreciate you being by my side for the past couple weeks, but I'll catch you later, man. And you just get him away from MVP long enough for these feel-good moments with Bobby. And like like I said, we, I think we, we've said it a couple times. It's is it about the color of his skin? Only, only because of what's going on in the world, and we and we could use it in the world of pro wrestling. But the main reason why I would put it on Bobby is because he deserves it. The Yaka Barak Show. Iron Mike Tyson, iconic name, gave us the knee post on Instagram and Twitter. No caption needed. I mean, I, I like Mike's opinion. I would love to hear him speak on it, but I appreciate the post. I think a caption is so important. Being kneeled says it all you know but uh people want to hear your words people want to know what's what's on your mind mike you know you're such an iconic figure uh we love to hear you speak weekdays from 12 to 1 p.m eastern only on sirius xm fight nation channel 156 bully let's get into aew and nxt um i want to start with nxt uh we always kind of talk a little bit about which shows we preferred uh I got to say, last night, I really loved NXT. And as you said on Tuesday, what do you always remember uh, the next day after watching these shows? It's the end. And I love the way NXT ended last night. They went off the air. Great. Love the idea of the place going completely dark. Uh, All of a sudden, we see Scarlet uh, in the black, uh, like Catwoman leather outfit. Coming out of the black darkness of the background, uh, slides the uh, hourglass in, turns it upside down, and uh, Cole looks terrified. Really liked it. I wish they would have done one little thing different. By having Scarlet come out there by herself, now the attention is on Scarlet. I really, truly believe that they have to be careful here to make sure they're keeping attention on Karrion Cross. You know, there's a reason why Sable broke away from Mark Merrow. It's because she was the perceived bigger star. And th- there is there is a possibility that Scarlet can be perceived as the bigger star here. So I believe at this juncture, they always need to kind of be seen together. And I know Scarlet does Carrion's bidding, but I almost would have liked to seen Scarlet come in, flip the hourglass. Then you see Cole clutching the, the, the belt and kind of, looking completely terrified and that in the background the spotlight could have caught cross looking on he didn't have to do anything he didn't have to say anything i just want to see that spotlight hit cross i want the last thing that i see to be carrying cross not scarlet you can start it with scarlet but the last image I have should be of Karrion Cross because it's going to be Karrion Cross in the ring with um, uh, with Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> I, I agree, and but I love the visual of it. I love again Adam Cole. What was he clutching? That championship title because it's all about that championship title. 
I say it on social media every single Wednesday. Adam Cole is the best NXT champion of all time because that title means so much to him. They keep reminding you now he's held that title for over a year. And the fact that he was clutching on to that title last night because in NXT, that NXT championship means everything. Again, important. if you want me to buy in, you got to show us how important those titles are. And Adam Cole, again, emphasis on the NXT championship. And like as a fan, I look at it like, why was Adam Cole so terrified? Why? Because the lights went out? Is he afraid of the dark? Why? Because <clears throat> a woman came to the ring dressed in black leather and turned an hourglass upside down. Was Cole, was he so terrified because he knows, oh my God, my time's running out. If I would have seen Cross in the background, and if I would have seen Cole get a glimpse of Cross, now I understand. Cole is terrified of Cross. That's why he's clinching that belt so tightly. Just a little thing that I would have done. I thought the segment was great, and I liked the way they went off the air. Really quick, let's talk about Karrion Cross because you look at like what he's been able to do in a very, very short time. You know, it wasn't that long ago he wasn't even with the WWE or NXT. Um, and now here he is, just a few short matches on TV. The match that we saw this past Sunday at In Your House Takeover was really kind of his first legitimate match. He's, he's just been beating enhancement talent and then rolled over Champa. And we'll get into Champa in just a second. But like, they are really giving the spotlight to Karrion Cross. I love the idea. I love Karrion Cross. And, and now, because I feel they did things the right way with the vignettes with using the enhancement talent the right way and then beating a legit superstar like Champa at TakeOver, you can buy in, even in this short time, a main event match with Adam Cole. Uh, Cross and Scarlet are an example of what happens when things go right from the very first second you start priming an audience for new characters. Everything about them has been absolutely perfect so far. That's why we're so invested in them. We're invested in their look. We're, we're invested in the entrance. We're invested in the music. We're invested in the action. We're invested in the intensity. We're invested in every last piece of Scarlet and Carrion. And you just mentioned, uh, you know, Ciampa. Last, you know, I look at wrestling in a certain way, Dave, with there should never be a wasted opportunity. Every moment in time, <clears throat> excuse me, is an opportunity for somebody to continue to take steps forward, to get over a little more. And sometimes it's not about that person getting themselves over a little more. It's about somebody else getting them over a little more. Case in point. We saw on uh, we saw last night on NXT something uh, with uh, WWE.com caught Ciampa walking to the car, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And the interviewer said, Tommaso, was Karrion Cross tougher than you expected him to be? And what did Ciampa say? He didn't say anything. Complete correct. silence. What he should have said was, yes. Because now as a fan, I'm going, whoa, Ciampa just admitted that Karrion Cross was tougher than he expected. Just that little word, yes, coming out of Ciampa's credible mouth makes Karrion Cross more of a badass because he's admitting 
how tough the guy is. Just driving off is typical. Oh, we're getting the silent treatment from a wrestler who's so dark and his feelings and this and that. If that's me, I'm going, yeah, he was tougher. Now I've just gotten carrying cross over just a little bit more. That's my take. No, I get it. I, I, I felt he kind of said it without saying it because the expression he used on his face, it was almost like he was about to say it and he stopped himself from saying it. I think without even saying it, he kind of showed that he kind of showed his hand like, yes, I think, I think the answer to all those questions were yes. He took them too lightly. He was tougher than he thought. I mean, there's a lot of doubt there, probably a lot of doubt in himself right now. But I mean, and you're you're right. It probably would have been more impactful if he actually did answer the question and say, yeah, you know, yes, he was. He was. Yes, that's it. Just yes. And then get in the car and drive away. And then we can follow up on that. Like Ciampa, you know, somebody's interviewing. You you said that he was tougher, you know, than you thought. Can you can you expand on that? Blah, blah, blah. Then he goes into the whole thing. But I, I, it, these are these are little things that I am a stickler for because it's the little things that make such a big deal in wrestling. Like I gave you two examples of little little things just now. I gave Ciampa saying yes and then going off the air with seeing Karrion Cross in the background. Little things that get you to think about who the true star of the show is. Yeah, and you're saying small things and how it can make a big improvement. I will say this with NXT, and I know I always say NXT is, to me, much better than Raw or SmackDown. I think NXT are doing the things that are getting me emotionally invested that Raw and SmackDown just are not doing right now. And building stars is one of them. I talked about the lack of stars on Monday Night Raw. NXT with Cross has done the small, simple things, bully, that like the foundation of building a superstar, vignettes that are impactful, an entrance that's impactful, and again, using enhancement talent. You know, yes, beating Champa definitely took him to another level, but it was those enhancement talent matches early on that really built the foundation. And now you have a guy that's a credible main eventer. And and bully, they were able to do this in mere weeks. We look at Raw and SmackDown, they can't get guys over in years. And NXT is able to do it in a matter of weeks. When you look at Karrion Cross and Scarlett Bardot and how they've been able to get them over in a matter of weeks, it reminds you of WWE back in the day when they were able to get everybody over in a matter of weeks because they stuck to the formula that worked for getting people over. That is vignette after vignette after vignette, strong debut, squash a couple of guys, Show off your your arsenal. Show me your finish. Show me that sh- that 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 money shot in the middle of the ring, and then give me a credible victory. And that's exactly what you're getting with Cross, and yeah. it has worked for a hundred years in pro wrestling, and it'll keep working for another hundred years. This week on World of Basketball, Hall of Fame coach and Iona head coach Rick Pitino joined the show, and he spoke about. The crazy eccentric owner of his old team, Panathinaikos. He was fined uh, $300,000. After a victory, he went in the officials' locker room and threatened the mothers 
the daughters, the sisters of all the referees and told the referees they would not get out of Greece alive. New episodes of World of Basketball are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The legendary Tommy Lee. Tommy, how are you, man? Oi, 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 oi. What's up, fellas? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, man, great to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by and talking about your new music. Hell yeah, it's good to be here, fellas. Good to see you guys, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good to see anybody during this pandemic, you know what I mean? I, I know, man. I've been doing some press for the new record, and I've never done it this way. I really dig this because I can actually see who the hell I'm talking to, man. It's way cooler that way. <laughs> is, most should... of the, is most of the stuff that you did on the past, like phoners and stuff like that? Dude, weeks of phoners, you know, uh, overseas, uh, U.S., Canada, UNA Japan, like, and it's all by phone. And it's so weird to be, well, A, explaining music is difficult in its own. But when you can see somebody and talk to somebody that like this, this rules. I hope that this part of whatever the pandemic has caused stays like this. This is pretty dope. I mean, actually, if you think about it, after shows, the meet and greets would be a lot easier, right? You don't have to shake hands with anybody and, you know, you can have social distancing. Yeah. I don't even, I have no idea how that's going to work, but. Uh, They'll yeah. find a way. We'll, we'll figure a way. We'll figure a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, hey, I, I want to talk about your new stuff because I'm going to get it right out there. I'm a fan. I've been a fan for, I mean, since 81, blah, 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 Motley, yada, yada, yada. But as a fan, I know how, you know, you're real passionate about your solo stuff. You're, you're as passionate about your solo stuff as a lot of the Motley stuff that you've done in the past. So how excited are you right now to release new material, two brand new songs like Knock Me Down and Tops? Dude, I'm so, I can't even tell you how pumped I am. Um, I've been working on this for two years and and it only because i'm just such a, a little bitch about uh just it's got to be great or it ain't going on the record so it's just it's been a amazing process um and once the body of work was done i'm like N now we're good now it's coming at it, uh, you know i'm gonna release it but um it would have been sooner, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't dig filler tracks, man. You yeah. know, Tom, Tommy, you go deep when it comes to your taste in music and what you record. Like it's, it's all over the map. It's very in depth. So let me ask you, was your music taste always like that? Like when you were a 17 year old, Tommy Lee, like did, were you interested in different kinds of music like you are now? Big time. Even b before 17, you know, I, like as growing up, I was listening to, um, man, don't hold this against me, but, like, I remember listening to, like, oh, my God, like, just R&B, funk. Um, dude, I listened to the Osmond Brothers. Like, what the? I, like, my, my uh, taste in music has been really open and eclectic, and um, I've listened to all kinds of things. You know, I grew up on, 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 uh, funky stuff like the Gap Band uh, to Led Zeppelin to you name it. It's, I've always been all over there. Because I'm a drummer, 
I think that, you know, I've always been attracted to, to beats. And if something's got a funky beat or, or a heavy beat or, a, a, you know, something cool you can, you, can, you can groove to or dance to, dude, I'm all over it. Well, well, Knock Me Down has that heavy beat. And <laughs> has that funky beat. And it's like, I listened to both songs last night, and it's, it's almost like Tommy Lee meets Snip, Slipknot and Tommy Lee meets Salt and Pepper. That's how like, <laughs> completely different the songs are. Yeah, they're, they're, they're totally different. Um, yeah, one is just, one makes you want to break shit, and the other one, uh, I, I like to call it fuck music. Uh, you know, you could grind, you could grind to it, you could dance to it, and there's some something, there's something seriously infectious about Push Push's voice. She's uh, she's South African, so she's got that South African accent and that fire when she when she spits. She is ridiculous. And when I wrote that track, uh, she was on my list. I have a list of people that. I would love to collaborate with one day. And she's been on the list. I followed her for a couple of years. And as soon as I wrote that, I was like, man, she will murder this track. I sent it to her. She's like, I'm all over it. And she came over. Same with, same with Kilvane. I wrote that track and I've, I've been listening to his stuff for a while and sent him the track. It's a funny story. Sent him, or, or I sent him a, a message on Instagram saying, yo, dude, I got this track that is fire. I just think you'll murder this track. And he thought it was, it was a fake Tommy Lee. He was like, Oh, I don't know about this bullshit. And then he, he did some research and went, Oh shit, that's him. And so there you go. Tommy, I need you to do me a favor. Since you said it's fuck music. Can you, when the album comes out in October, can you send it to my wife? I'd really appreciate it. I, I will gladly send her a copy. I'll send her, I'll send her a couple so you can keep them in different locations of the house. <laughs> he can you use know? all the help you give him, brother. Trust. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you said you were working on this stuff for two years. Were you going to release this, um, even if the if the stadium tour was going to go on, or did the pandemic just happen to let you release this music now? No, no. This was always planned. I was gonna, I was gonna release it kind of during, you know, while we were on tour. Um, I figured that would be a good, you know, while I'm, you know. In Chicago, playing, you know, Soldier Field. I could also be doing some some press for my record. I was just, it it made sense to maybe kind of just piggyback it. But now that the stadium tours, you know, next June, um, now I'm just kind of just focusing on this for 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 a bit. But with the pandemic, dude, it's crazy. I have. Another probably I have close to another record done because that's all I've been doing is just making music, nothing else to do. I mean, you could do like I've been doing and eating Oreos and watching old Twilight Zone episodes, but I digress. So, <laughs> so Tommy, let me ask you another question. Yeah. Like doing this interview, like you really do look like a young man. Like you, you're extremely energetic. You're extremely passionate. Bully and I both went to the farewell tour with Alice Cooper and you still drum in with up in, you know, up in the rafters and everything. Like, I mean, you really, I mean, is that your mindset? Just like keeping yourself young and keeping yourself physically active? Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I probably never grow up. Um, and maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's a bad thing, but, uh, 
I don't know, man. I, I'm just young spirited. I just, you know, I, I, I like to keep my finger on the pulse of what's, what's new, uh, whether it's technology wise in the studio or musically, you know, new artists, um, uh, you know, and I, I, I have this incredible uh, passion for doing something that's never been done. Like, you know, I, I want my time here on this planet, you know, when that, when that day comes and you're out of here, I want people to go that motherfucker did some shit nobody else has ever done and may it never do, you know, like, but dude, I just saw that guy on a roller coaster, 60 feet above my head, spinning around being a maniac. Like it's that kind of stuff. I want people to, you know, uh, to remember you by. So that stuff keeps me young. It, it inspires me to always come up with something like something that makes you go, Holy shit. What is he thinking? I, I think people are going to remember you not only for the, you know, for Motley, but they're going to remember you because you went out of your way to steal the show within the Motley show with the solos. Like there are plenty of times I'm walking out of the 173 Motley concerts that I went to going, yo, Tommy stole the show because uh, of the solo. So the roller coaster thing is something that you wanted to do for ages. Do you yes. remember day one when you came up with it and like how everybody you told you you were crazy and when it actually became a thing? Yeah, dude, this is really fun. We're sitting there and we're we're getting fucked up at at at, at a at a bar and on a cocktail napkin. I'm like, because every tour it's always a challenge. Like, what what's he gonna do next? What's he gonna do next? So I'm like, man, fuck. There's got to be a way to build a roller coaster inside an arena. And so we're sitting there drawing, and I get it to 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 Robert Long, who's our production manager. And, uh, you know, and he's just looking at me like, oh, my God, dude, what the... Right? Like, usually I'm used to hearing the words no a lot. And I'm like, no, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this can be done. So from a cocktail, this is actually a fun story. I'll try to compress it a bit. We get into the design phase. And then you start seeing renderings of this, uh, of, of, you know, the, you know, uh, uh, all the diagrams, the schematics of how it's going to work, the size of this. And so we start building it and I'm like, Oh my God, this is fucking really happening. And I will never forget the day walking into pre-production rehearsals. The thing is up. It's set up. I walk in and dudes, I walk in and I go, what? And the <laughs> fuck have I done like uh, I, for the first time I was scared I was like this is way too fucking crazy this is way too this is too big this did not look like this on paper <laughs> you know it's much bigger than you expected way bigger dude way bigger and I was like oh my god I have to do this every night <laughs> I just wish my wife said that to me. But anyway. So, uh, so, 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 hopefully after the music he sends to you, it'll work. <laughs> so, Tommy, like, we had Nikki Six on a few months back. And I want to get your take yeah. on it because, you know, 
Um, he came on, and it was right around the time that the, the movie Dirt was released on Netflix. Yeah. So, like, when we're talking to Nikki Six, we have a perception of what we think, you know, the band members of Motley Crue are going to be like. So, like, if I'm, a, if I'm interviewing Steve Gutenberg, I want to talk about Police Academy. I don't want to talk about Cocoon 2. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. We're talking about Motley Crue, and it's unbelievable how serious Nikki Six took, like, the songs. Like, we thought these were, like, party songs, and he's talking about, no, man, you're wrong. This is, like, this is deep. Like, and, he's, and it's almost depressing when he's talking to us about the songs. You know what I mean? Like, me, me and Bully left the studio with tears in our eyes talking about girls, girls, girls. You know, like, is, I mean, what is, was that, were we wrong for all those years, our perception of Motley Crue's music? No, no, Nikki just, you know, being the the lyricist, he just, he, he just takes it, uh, he, he just, he just gets deep with, with, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the meaning and, and the lyrics are such a, it's his thing. He loves poetry. He loves words. He loves all that stuff. And I think he, I mean, you know, when he comes across, he, he might have come across that way just because, you know, he doesn't think of it as like, yeah, good time, party rock, girls, 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 you know, he, you know, he just gets deeper with the meaning of it all. Um, and, and trust me, he does love that too. But I think maybe that's the sense you got was like, Oh wow. He's, He's really serious. I mean, how can you be serious about a song like Girls, Girls, Girls? I wrote the fucking thing. And, 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 and that was about what we were doing at the time. We were going to strip clubs, getting fucked up, having the time of our lives, like, till the wheels fall off. Like, and so, you know, there he was writing about a real experience and fun, where some of the other things are a little bit more deep and serious to him. So... I, I, I hope he didn't bum me out too much. Oh, he totally bummed me out. <laughs> totally. I was on cloud nine. I'm like, Nikki Six, it's my childhood hero. This is going to be the greatest thing of all time. And then I wanted to go read the heroin diaries for a second time. I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> You're like this. <laughs> so the, uh, the legendary partying, obviously, especially between you and Nikki and having a great time. We, we are a wrestling show. We're a pro wrestling show. I know you guys performed with the WWE on yeah. Raw. Um, so I'm a part of a tag team. So me and my partner have been all over the world, had a great time together for over 25 years. You and Nikki, notorious for your partying. As a tag team partying, have you ever come across two guys that could hang with you and six? Um, you know, we, we had two guys that tried and it was slash and duff from guns and roses. <laughs> and I, I remember we had taken guns and roses out on tour before anyone really knew who they were. People were like, who are these guys? Um, and then of course they blew up, but, um, slash decides, you know, oh, you know, I'm going to out drink these guys. And Nikki and I were like, okay, here we go. And so we're we're sitting in a bar just going shot for shots for shots, and all of a sudden Slash starts 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 slowing down, and we're like, you know, we're we're gonna this guy's gonna be done in a second. So he's he's falling off his chair now. He's fucking wasted. And we're like, we're gonna teach this man a lesson, not to fuck with this team. We we grab him. 
We carry him up to his room. He's, he's done. We're carrying him up to his room, grab his room key out of his pocket, open his room, lie him on the bed. Uh, I think, you know, I, I, we, we used to carry a Polaroid camera in these days with us. And uh, I took the picture, and Nikki is sitting. He slashes out on the bed. Nikki's sit, squatting over him with Nikki's balls resting right on his chin. And I, I took the shot. And the next day, we had fucking T-shirts made. And the slash out with Nikki's balls resting right fucking there. It was fucking genius. And that was it. He never tried to out-drink out, out us again. That was a wrap. You win. Yeah, we won. We won. <laughs> hey, I know. Time is, yeah. Time is short because you got a, a, a bunch of interviews to do. I'm glad that you picked us to come on first. We're the first yeah. interview you're doing today, yeah, so I sir. appreciate that. Uh, but, you know, good luck. I knew I know the new album's coming out in October, October yeah. 16th. Don't forget, you got to send me a copy, I, two I'm copies. Gonna, I, I promise I'm sending you a couple. <laughs> so Y'all can get frisky in the kitchen, the bedroom, out back and by the pool, whatever. I got you covered. So I'm going to be that guy for one second. In 1986, some crazy 16-year-old fan chased you through Yankee Stadium. That was me. No, get the fuck out of here. You don't remember. No, ho hold up. It, what you were I... a Yankee game with Heather Locklear, and there was a big giant sign that said, we want to welcome Heather Locklear to the game. And I was like, Dad, fuck this. I want to see Tommy Lee. And I ran down, and you were with Heather and Doc McGee, and they had to get you guys out of there. I chased you through Yankee Stadium, and you ripped a hot dog uh, wrapper in half, and you signed it to me. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's fuzzy, but when, as soon as you mentioned the hot dog wrapper, I, remem <laughs> I remember that. That's I imagine most things are fuzzy. It's fuzzy for me, too. I get hit in the head a lot. <laughs> and, I, and I'm in the Guinness Book of World Records for whacking off the consecutive times to girls, girls, girls video. But anyway, that's All for right. another interview in another day. Tommy, <laughs> thank you so much for the time. Good luck with the new album. Can't wait to hear it. And I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much. Thank you, brothers. Be well, be safe. Arigato. I'll see y'all soon. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. And most of the time when the nation gives their opinion, a negative opinion about my power rankings, you know what? I kind of just shake it off. But when it comes from somebody like Tony Katane, first of all, I still love Tony Katane. I mean, no matter what she says, I'm still going to love her because I do. And the second thing is, is that I would take her opinion a little bit. It hurts me. It hurts that she feels that way about my power rankings. I can usually just, you know, just shake it off. I can't shake it off when it's somebody like Tony Katane. It hurts me. See what you've done, bully. See what you do. 
Well, I'll, you I'll don't make you. dreams come true. You don't make I'll, I'll dreams come true. You shatter dreams. That's what you do. I'll tell you what, Dave. Dave, hold on. Don't don't say it to me. Okay, if you have something to say to Tawny Katane, why don't you say it to her right now? Because joining us at this very moment, the lovely, the beautiful, your crush for life, Tawny Katane. Tawny, how are you doing this morning? Sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) That's how most women are around Dave. That's not true. First of all, that's not true, Tony. Yeah, I, so I've heard. So I've heard. Yes. No, Very exciting. Three hours. Uh, uh, um, um, oh, God, I can't even speak. I just woke up to do this show with you guys. I really, really, I'm, on, I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I appreciate it. And, and, and listen, Tony, you're a legend, Tony Katane. You know, you're you're legendary in everything you've done. You, you my favorite all-time movie is Bachelor Party, you know? I mean, oh. Debbie and Bachelor Party phenomenal, you know? Which I board know. was she, phenomenal? She's such a good girl. You're sensitive? She was I know she was such a good girl. She was a good girl. I What's love that? her. I just I and and I and I tried to um, emulate her every day with, with and and I fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she was. A, she, you know what, Tony? I'll say this: she was very sensitive. Well, so am I. I'm very sensitive. And then you go publicly say on social media in a video that you're killing my power rankings. I put a lot of thought, time, and effort into those power rankings, Tawny. And for you to say those oh things about my power, it hurts me deeply, scars me emotionally. Dave, Dave, it's not that I I don't love you. It's just that I don't like your your power rankings. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 a soundbite I'm gonna hear forever. That's it. That's it. Thank you so much, Tawny. You have made my lifetime. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Even though, re- a repeat, I your your um, what's it called? Your rankings are just horrified. <laughs> Oh, oh my God! Wait, wow, now you she... went from you didn't like them to horrifying, Tony. <laughs> oh my I God! I keep going. I can keep no, going. No, no, that's fine. I, I that's fine. More. Tony, Tony, it's we're great. How are you doing? What are you doing out there? You're in. You're in. You're in Cali. What's going on? How, how's life? How's things I'm for you these days? Do you know that people in California don't call it Cali? Uh, oh, no. We learned well, something I, new we, today. Yeah. We're, and we're not from Cali, so that's why we call it Cali. <laughs> <laughs> you only get half of, the, or half of the word. Well, I, I mean, I'm from Jersey, so you would probably not understand anything I said anyway. So I just say Cali. Okay, if I said the whole something. thing, you wouldn't recognize tell me it. Something. Tell me something that I, I, I wouldn't normally hear. Okay. How about this? Coffee. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I can't get this. Say it. Say it. Coffee. Coffee. 
Yeah. <laughs> you sound like somebody from California trying to sound like you're from New York. Coffee. You know what? And so, and I know a guy in New York is trying to sound like uh, 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 San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, California. So we're we're even. Okay. All right. Okay. Go ahead, bully. Tony, if, if memory if memory serves me, I think I heard a story of uh, didn't the WWE reach out to you at one time or another? Because I think Vince yes. McMahon wanted to do some business with you or something like that. Can you tell us yes. that story? Yes, and don't. I mean, and I am. I am. I, I I so regret that so much. He came. I was doing WKRP in Cincinnati. And he pulled up in a white limousine, and he wanted to have um, uh, lunch with me. So I'm I'm sitting there and I'm eating with him, and my director is over at the other table, and he sends a note to the waitress. So I open it up, and it says, "Don't lean in so far. You look desperate." Wow. Yeah, exactly. So I immediately set up. Um, yeah, but that was that was kind of like shocking. I I couldn't believe. I I must have been like, oh my god, tell me, tell me. I want to do this. I want to do it. And then and and it just didn't work out at the end. But well, he's you know, a really nice guy. All right, uh, forget about the coffee. I'll give you a pass on the coffee because that's very New York, New oh, Jersey. Oh, I need the coffee. I just yeah, woke I, up five You definitely need coffee. I'm not doubting coffee. that. You definitely need coffee, but I'm saying I'll give you a pass on saying coffee. But the one thing I want to make sure before we let you go that you can say is my name. My name is Dave LaGreca. Okay. I want to make sure because, you know, Le what Greca. you said. LaGreca. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for um, – so I have been, uh, uh, you know, 24 hours, this last 24 hours, I could not pronounce your name to save my life. Well, now you right, got just, it. Now you say can say it, it over and over no, every yeah, single day. Now, now okay. wait, say it slow. Hold on, bully. Say it slow and it's a little sassiness. You know, Dave LaGreca. D- Dave LaGreca. That sounds threatening. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like Dave LaGreca. You know, like, I, here, listen, yeah, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. Here you go. Okay. Tawny, right. Tawny Katane. Tawny You know what I'm saying? You got that spot on. Like, I hit the spot, right? Tawny Katane. Right on. You hit the spot right on. You hit the T spot. Now let me hear Dave LaGreca. D- uh, Dave LaGreca. No, you're saying it. You're saying it. You're saying it very textbook, like Sister Barbara okay. Ann in fifth grade class. That's how you're saying the name. <laughs> I don't want Sister Barbara okay. Ann from fifth grade class saying my name. I want my, oh, you know, my crush Tony Katane saying my sure. name. Uh, okay, give it to me one more time so that I don't embarrass myself. Okay, here we go. 
Okay. I don't want to say my own name. It doesn't. It's doing it myself okay, is. I don't want to do it myself. I've been doing it myself for years. I need you to do it for me, Dave. Okay. Lagreca. Dave Lagreca. Okay. Thank you, Tony Katane. By the way, I will say this. So many millions of people bought that White Snake album because of you. You do know that, right? Um, after all these years, yes, I do. Okay. As long as it's known. Yeah. Tony, thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for saying my name, like Sister Barbara Ann. And thank you so much for the time. Absolutely. And and remember, I do not like your rankings. <laughs> I think I think I think I think you made that perfectly clear. But but you do love me. You may not like my rankings, but, but you I love, love me. You. But David, I still love you. I, I know and I I like the rankings. I, I it's okay. I still love you too, I'm Tony. Thank you. All over my social media tag you and say you know, this guy, this guy is like, forget about it. Forget. It's, it's, it's Dave LaGreca. My name forget is Dave LaGreca. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, oh Tony. I made it so early here in the morning. I, I woke up just for you guys. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Go back oh, to bed. Of course. All right. Thank you, Tony. You're welcome. Thank you, Tony Katane. And a surprise run in from Tony Katane, bully. You didn't even pop as huge as I thought you would have popped. No, because they the the producers gave it away. I knew that she was coming. <laughs> she she just couldn't say your name sexy. How do you say Dave LaGreca in a sexy this, way? You know what? Ask Violetta. My Get wife Violetta. My wife Violetta can <clears throat> say my name. That only she can, and that's why she's my wife and my one is it, and only. Does she call you David or Dave? David. She's the full, the full Monty, David. David. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.